Hello listeners, even without Campo here, we are continuing the fine tradition of news breaking just after we finish recording. So Adam Reynolds being ruled out of the game this week uh, broke literally five minutes after we, we wrapped up. So if you're wondering why that wasn't mentioned in the Broncos-Cowboys preview, that is why. Uh, usually we don't see it early enough for me to actually make a note of it. But seeing as we did, here we are. Now back to the show. This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard and with me today, News Corp's own, Martin, (laughs) Journalism Gabor. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Quick update off the top. I think the J has been updated or should I say downgraded this week, Mm. to Martin Judiciary, Gabor. That's right. Because I've been referred to as a judiciary reporter somehow uh, in a few newspapers this week. I think we might get to that a little bit later. Mm. It's been another fantastic fantastic week at Rugby League Central. But uh, yeah, journalism gone, judiciary in, big swap. Yeah, so mate, what's, what's been doing? What's been happening? Obviously, your life has been affected more than 99% 0.9% of people by the uh the media blackout so t- take take us through what sort of what, what you've been up to in the last couple of weeks uh, with uh sort of the dearth of opportunities hmm. to do what you do so well yeah well and just off the top I thought you and Campo touched on I think it was probably about a month ago you guys discussed it on the show went into it really well and and you hit the nail on the head like it is it has been really really tough because my job and a lot of other people's jobs is to go to these ops Monday to Friday, um, get the players, get the stories. And for most of the week now, we can't actually do that. So Monday to Tuesday is pretty much the same. I'm off all Wednesday, so don't have to worry about that. And come Thursday, you're just waiting for coach presses and reaction and stuff like that, which is okay, I guess, but there's nothing original about it. Like you're getting what everyone else essentially is getting mm. unless you want to talk to former player X and former player Y, which isn't really my go because if these guys are sort of gun for hire, quote for hire people, there's always an, an agenda and I don't really need that. But I think it has been said by a lot of people, although I don't know how genuine they are, but one of the most annoying things is losing out on the NRLW content. Now, mm-hmm. there have been some great stories and... yeah. <clears throat> Hats off to Alicia Newton, Pam Whaley. They've got some gold so far, but it does make life tough. Like I got Jamie Frassard on Monday from the Roosters to talk about the bite, which was gold, but I can't do that every day. And like after the game, for example, yesterday, couldn't get anything. Couldn't talk to Jess Surgis about her injury. Couldn't talk to Millie Boyle about the report. Just losing a lot there. And Mm. as you know, mate, as a footy fan watching on TV, hearing that stuff in the moment from the players is a lot different to what you get from an all-in media up on a Monday or a Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's hope let's hope that it gets resolved soon. I mean, we we do we were going to start with those games last night, so we may as well start there that you mentioned the women's game, a dominant return to form for the Sydney Roosters, blanking the St. George Illawarra <laughs> Dragons. Um, I, I guess kind of, last week we kind of just said that, like, the Roosters losing, you know, every team can have a bad week and that, they'd be back to their best in no time. And sure enough, that's kind of what happened. 
Oh, and it took two minutes of them to show the real roosters are back. <laughs> like, Jess are just going straight through. Great tackle by Tegan Perry to stop her. Hats off to her. But that was just a Band-Aid solution to what was going on last night. Like, they were so, so impressive. Taryn Aiken. Now, I know a lot of people reckon Tamika Upton is the best player in the world. And it's not wrong to say that. But for me, Taryn Aiken has the most upside. She is she's something special. Like she set up three tries, scored one last night, but there was a no try. It was just, oh, the ball she had, she sort of stepped off her left, looked inside, and then throws a two-player cutout. It's called forward. Let the girls play. Just give Let the try. Play. It was so good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, Isabel Kelly, she was fantastic. A true captain's knocking. Just a, a special shout-out. Uh, yes, uh, like they lost Amber Hall, right, in that mm. first first game and yeah, yeah, yeah. people were thinking season, yeah. people were thinking all right that's 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 a big loss but Amalia Pussy Carla comes in makes her debut last night now John Strange their coach was saying she was playing in the Harvey Norman with the Bulldogs like she was one of five New Zealanders who came across mm. and he just saw her and said we're having it and he was said we're going to unleash her later in the year kind of got forced the hand got forced with Amber getting injured she was a wrecking ball last mm. night. She had one run, just knocked over three of them. She is a player I am pretty excited about. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just nice that they could un- unearth another player. They're <laughs> <isn't it? Just, laughs> really struggling there. But, but um, yeah, I mean, what do you, I, I don't have much to say about the Dragons. They were really good last week and just like, blown off the park from, from minute one in this one. Yeah, and look, it was 12-0 for a really long time, and they had three tries disallowed in the space of, what, five, six mm. minutes, I think. Jamie Sowell was really, really upset about he the He was not one. happy. I saw that. I watched that last night. Yeah, uh, the the Tyler Nathan Wong no try. Um, look, was there a finger on it? Probably. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy with the penalty count either. I think 16 penalties on the night might get into that. With I was going to say, game. yeah, well, that, that's, yes. that's small yeah. potatoes compared to. I think we to... <laughs> might uh, get to that later. But look, for the Dragons, yeah, I think their hearts are a bit quiet compared to the first two weeks. Racy McGregor against her old club didn't really get to create anything. Tegan Berry didn't have the room to unleash her speed. Not a, yeah, but I think it's easy to focus on the attack. Their defense was really poor. 11 line breaks for the Roosters last night. I think the Dragons only had one. That's an area Jamie's going to have to work on mm. because I don't think a lot of people were high on them this year, but they did show in that win last week that they do have the potential of things are going right for them. They can be a really fun team to watch. Just didn't get to see that last night. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what wasn't fun, Marty, was the men's game. <laughs> what a... <laughs> What an absolute slog this was. I mean, this was a classic, what am I doing with my life? There's a whole world out there and I'm watching the 0% finals chance Sydney Roosters against the 1% finals chance Manly Warringah Sea Eagles on a Thursday night in front of 3,000 people at the SCG. I mean, the Roosters took care of business. They, they, They scored a couple of good tries, but again, their attack is just still so bad. I feel like the Roosters of old could have probably scored 50 in this one. The Roosters' 2013 grand final team would have put 60 on Manly tonight, and luckily they had uh, Daniel Tupo there, bringing back memories of 
outleaping David Wolfman Williams mm. for the first of his two tries. But you're right, mate. You know it's a Warren sign when the gates open and the race to get seats in the members is <laughs> not really a race. It's like the vision of that person who did the 100 metres in 21 seconds it's, the other day. It was tough. It's like the one guy trying to get in, like Homer trying to get the free trampoline, <laughs> speeding through the town. No, that seat's mine. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's 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 a shame for Manly. Like they were the ones coming into this game with you know, oh, you're saying there's a chance kind of vibes about them after the after the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I, I, they got out of jail very early on. Like Tupo doesn't score that first one; he gets put into touch just before he gets the ball down. But then Manly don't really take advantage of that, and they don't really offer much at all with ball in hand. I know that like their forward pack has had issues all year, but it, I think they were really laid bare here. And it, and it's kind of unfortunate timing for them that, that yeah, they got pushed around and they were, they were sort of slow getting up and they, they weren't able to get on the front foot really at any point. And that's kind of happened in a game against the Roosters who haven't really been doing that to teams this year. No. And I mean, it's, it's pretty a cheap out for them to talk about the short turnaround, but like they've had two pretty gritty taxing wins recently, five day turnaround with an already depleted forward pack. Like Josh Aloye is out, Daniela Pasek is out, Sean Kepi had back spasms. And I guess the big talking point from this one, seven minutes in, right? Matt Lodge goes down. Yeah. Confirmed last night by Anthony Seabold. It is a, an ACL injury. So he's done for the year. And look, no comments about Matt Lodge as a person or whatever, but it's tough for anyone. Like he's on a train and trial deal. I was about to ask you about that. What is the um so what's the like is the club does the club still come through and like support with all the all the costs for that stuff or when it's a train and trial player or what's the go there? Would it be on a discretionary basis? Or yeah, I think I think discretionary is the right word. Like I don't think they're obliged. I don't think. Like he's technically not contracted next year, so he's not a Seagulls player next year. Um it's it's tough because like he was close to signing a long term deal either mm. with the Roosters or the Seagulls just a couple of months ago, and now he's looking at a twenty twenty four season with no security whatsoever. And I mean, what we're in August. If it's nine months, I mean he's not back till May, June at the earliest. So yeah, tough break, tough break for Lodge and and for Manly. They're just running on fumes now. Like Jake's gonna have to go pray <laughs> to, to middle uh, to play mm. prop. Um, next week because I think Kepi's the only one they get back. And who are they playing? Oh, that's right. The two best props basically going yep. around in Penrith. So and they're the Warriors the week after that, right? So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fantastic. Great stuff. So uh, let's look at the other big flashpoint in this game, which was, of course, uh, Nathan Brown's send-off. I was relatively surprised it was a send-off, but the, a bit of the chat from people that we were talking about like watching this game together on the boom rookies discord was that like oh you know it's probably he probably doesn't get sent off for that if it's 15 minutes into the game but since it was 63 minutes into the game it's less controversial because it is at minimum a symbiote anyway which takes him out of the game for, until what the 73rd minute regardless yeah. but i yeah i was a little bit i was a little bit surprised that that was a send-off i mean i was i'm happy for those to be send-offs in the future but that to me was not as bad as what Val Holmes did last week. And it was probably about as bad as what Keon Kolomatangi did to Sean Bloor last week. And one of those was a, neither of those were send offs. And Keon didn't even get binned. So, yeah. Well, I had the worst seat in the house being in the SCG media box. Oh, God, so yeah. <laughs> I'm going off my laptop screen. And 
Look, I think once Ashley Klein said there was intent and you went off the ground, like yep. he had no choice with when he went down that path. Look, is it the worst high tackle I've seen? By no means. And Robbo was pretty strong on that in the in the post-match press of saying we've seen guys get heavily concussed with direct contact to the head and have not seen send-offs. I'm with you. If that happens, even in the 50th minute, that's probably not a send-off. It's just hilarious. He came on literally... 30 seconds earlier. Literally, it was quite literally the babe come over. I can't. I'm playing in the National Rugby League. My parents aren't home. Man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. And it, like Nathan Brown, like it was funny. So I was like, oh, he, I said, oh, he, that only, he only got sent off because his name's Nathan Brown. And then people offered up other guys, all of whom were roosters that that would also happen to. It was like, oh, well, yeah, you know what? Jared would have that happen to him. Victor would have that happen to him. Matt Lodge might have that happen to him. So yeah, fair point. But there's not a lot of non-roosters who I was like, oh yeah, he would have only got sent there because his name is XYZ. But yeah, um, I'm happy for those to be send-offs. I really, uh, truly I am. Like I, 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 I agree with you. I think there was no doubt about the force and the intent. Um, and you're right. Once, once that gets, once that gets identified that, the referee has no choice, but yeah, I just, obviously we always talk about consistency. Um, would love to see more consistency with that stuff going forward. Well, speaking about the referee having no choice, 34 penalties and set restarts last night. And you mentioned Jared. I thought Jared was really lucky to stay on the field. There's I agree a with that. Yeah. Moment He has whacked Jake Trebojevic two seconds after he got rid of the ball. If that's a halfback, and I know it's an easy an easy comedy, but if that's a halfback or a fullback getting mm. hit that late, that's a, an automatic sin bin. I was stunned he was allowed to stay on the field. Um, I don't know how it felt for you watching, but um, at the soulless SCG with 3,500 people there, it was tough. It was so stop-start last night. Yeah, Seabold basically accused the Roosters. He said they came with a game plan to, to not let us play footy, which I don't think Robbo appreciated. But, yeah, it was just so many stoppages, no flow, no rhythm. Yeah. Not- it's it's hard, right? Because that stuff happens and people go, oh, it's Ashley Klein's fault. But it's like, well, but if they're all penalties, like, what's he supposed to do? Just not call them? Like, well, I get that. Because he, he was obviously the guy at the center of that ridiculous South Roosters game last year mm. in the finals. And I, and I thought he kind of did the right thing, binning all those guys at the time when they happened, because like people, go, oh, he's lost control. He's lost control. Well, how's he supposed to get control if you well, can't that- get if you can't get control by binning guys and sending them off? Then then what are you meant to do? Because like to me, like a lot of it, a lot of it was justified. And the other thing is like Roosters fans have for years cried about penalty counts and all this stuff, but like they were the masters. No, I'm not saying this that was the case as much in this game, but they were the masters for like a decade of cynical penalties on their own try line to disrupt the uh, the other team's attacking flow. So th- for their fans to arc up about penalty counts, I think is hilarious. But like, what what is he meant to do, Marty? The, the well, he can't. He, his whistle can't disappear. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I thought he could have used the sin bin earlier. Like there was a point in time in the first half. I reckon the Roosters gave away three set restarts in forty seconds. Like. Uh, well, we know that they've given up on the warning on the run. I thought he could have just said go, just go. I like, agree. I hate the many. warning. I hate the warning in general. You know what the warning is? The the earlier penalty. That's the yeah. warning. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't like. So there was the there was the late hit by Jared, and then there's the when Cherry toes that kick through, yes. and then two totally tackles Cola, Cola, Cola without Cola. the ball, yeah. and it's like both of those could have been sinned. 
yeah, both I, in the space of much. 20 yeah. seconds and yeah. neither of them were. And maybe that's maybe that's what people mean when they say that he lost control. I don't think people would care if you saw Sindins for things like that because that, that to me, especially the second one, is just blatant cheating. Like tackling a guy after he's kicked the ball forward. Like, and I understand maybe it's because the ball sort of bounced awkwardly and went over the sideline. Maybe that's why it was only a penalty and not a Sindin. But that to me is as professionally foully as it gets. <laughs> well, and that's my thing. I'm with you. So you can make the argument that he was never going to get to the ball, like pass interference, like if it's too high, right? You know, the technical term, if they can't catch the ball, it's not pass interference, right? Mm. Um, but once he decided it was a penalty, well, then it had to be a sin bin. If it was a foul, then it's a professional foul because Kohler is very good at running quickly. So who knows? He may have been able to get to that ball before it went out. And if that's the case, Tupo denied him that chance. So had to be a sin bin. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I. I don't care. I agree. I don't care if you're going to blow the penalties, but, you know, just set the tone early, sin bin someone. Maybe that's the deterrent they need to to play by the rules. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's move on. Try. Try. This is a try. Brilliant. Brilliant play. I think it's a try. Oh, I don't know if this is going to be a try. Gee, what about this bloke? All right, it is time for another round of What About This Bloke, where we take a trip down memory lane and talk about an old footy player you might have forgotten about, usually from the late 90s, early 2000s. That's our sweet spot. Marty? Yeah, well, sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. It's literally my favourite thing to do in the entire world. And this week, Morgs has given us Clifford Manua. Clifford Manua. There you go. Storm legend, some would say. Some would say, not me, uh, but there are certainly people out there who hold that belief. Mm. All right. So what do you remember about Clifford Manua? Was there any, what was the hype like when it was announced that Clifford Manua, he of Cronulla and Brisbane fame, was coming down to play footy for the Melbourne Storm? Well, the last time we had seen Clifford Manua was uh, against the Storm, actually, mm, uh, in 2007 right. in the finals, pumped 40 nil. I would say the most famous 40 nil in finals history. I can't remember any <laughs> others um, that would trump it. Uh, look, he came in 2008, uh, another great year for Melbourne, um, making a grand final. Uh, didn't play too many games, just, just the four games off the bench. And the great irony, the one win he was involved in was, of course, over Brisbane. So just revenge game for, for old Cliff against yeah, so- his old club. We, we we don't have like a favorite genre of guy that gets talked about, but we, we have had a couple of these guys now, these hulking physical specimens <laughs> of props that no one knows a great deal about who are very raw. So Clifford was, I think, six foot three and he weighed about 120 kilos. So a very large, very thick man, but um, had some handling error issues, had some disciplinary issues, I think it's fair to say, um, yep. and never really, never really caught on in the NRL. But like what... When he was coming, uh, do you remember anything about when he was coming through as sort of like, because again, he was another one of these props that people just talked about how big he was and how strong he was. I, and I obviously remember the name because it's such a cool name. But yeah. um, <laughs> what else do you remember at Clifford Manua's time? 
Well, funny you say that. Like, I think the last story written about him was just when Bradman Best was about to make his debut. Mm. So they went through all the great names in rugby league history, including former Storm legend Sinbad Carly. Now, it's, it's not so much his work as a player. Like, to be fair, he played 10 games all off the bench, only won three of those. But there was an interesting story oh, about 10 years ago, I think, yes. just before Josh Papaliti was mm. going to I've make got that his... in front of me right now. There we go. Um, before he was going to make his origin debut. And it was interesting that he was actually leaning on Clifford, like of all players. Like yeah. Josh would have had access and been surrounded by some pretty handy players. But no, no, it was Clifford Benua who he went to to yeah. get some advice. June, June 16th, 2013, written by uh, John Tuxworth. Clifford Manua helps Josh Papali'i get back on track. What a headline! I know what kind of wisdom old Clifford was given <laughs> was was giving Papali'i. Well, if you'd like to find out, I'll tell you. They said um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah. This is from that story, which I believe was in the Canberra Times. So this is from uh, Gungarland's captain coach Josh Ayres. Cliffy's more than happy to throw his two cents in at training. Grab blokes like John, that's Josh's brother, and say this is what you should be doing. He loves to have a laugh, but when it comes to training, everything's a hundred percent. And flat out, I dare say he got that quality from Bellamy. With him and Toots, Jason Croker, here, it's made me a better player and a better coach. So could Clifford Manua be the lost, forgotten man off the Bellamy production line? Well, yeah, move over all of Canberra's great coaches. Clifford Manua is the secret to un- unlocking Josh Papali'i. Well, apparently so. Um, yeah. A- yeah, another thing, now, I love photography. Uh, did one term of it in year seven at Homebush Boys High School. It was compulsory. Mm. Enjoyed it. Just didn't go any further. There's a great pic of him uh, with Cooper Cronk. They're on the Yarra. I'm, I assume it's the Yarra, Melbourne's most famous waterway. And they're in one of those pedal boats, and they're just pushing their way down the Yarra, Couple of couple of best mates having fun. It's a great photo. It's a great photo if you can find it. Um, there can't be that many. Fo- I, I, <laughs> there can't be that many photos on of Clifford Manure out there. So I feel if I go on like the Getty website or something, so I'll probably find it. Right, you'll, so. you'll probably find it. Yeah, and maybe he maybe he was teaching Cooper Cronk about the subtleties of halfback play. We don't know. Every sinew know. counts, Cooper. Every <laughs> sinew counts. Um, so he leaves Melbourne in two thousand. I found the photo immediately. By the way, touch Clifford <laughs> Manure into Getty, and it's him and Cooper Cronk <laughs> riding a paddle boat. Um, so he leaves. He leaves the Storm after the two thousand eight season. Is not a part of the grand final winning. Sorry, the grand final losing team. I should say very close um, grand final. And then I believe I believe he was squeezed out as a salary cap measure. I believe that's why Clifford Manure had to, had to leave. <laughs> But um, he heads up to Mackay, where he was working in the, the mines up there. He played for the Miranda Miners uh, in the Mercury Cup Finals in 2009. Um, we're told here that he's on a roll. That's a quote from uh, the club treasurer, Marco Peters, in 2009. Honestly, my favorite part about doing these is digging up old things from regional <laughs> regional newspapers. But yeah, went up there, played uh, alongside Sharks legend Jardine Babonji and a few other people that... I'm less familiar with. Um, and then, yeah, at some point ended up down in the nation's capital. And uh, some say he's still mentoring Josh Papali'i to this day. He's the one who told Josh to retire from origin football. I think that was his call. He could smell a Canberra premiership this year and wanted Josh to be fully focused on that. 
Um, the full resolution version of this photo is $650. Can I borrow $650 from you? Uh, yeah, I can lend it to you, but it won't be a salary cap expense. Okay. Well, uh, and yeah, Clifford Manua, we salute you. Uh, I was hoping this might end with him being Justin Smith's apprentice in Shreveport, but uh, not 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 so lucky. But yeah, I think that's the that that's that's the Clifford Manua story as best as we can tell it. Because yeah, there's there's he hasn't really been featured at all in, in, in since that since that Papa Lee yarn from a few years ago. So Clifford Manua, we salute you. And if anyone else, if any of you got some Clifford Manua stuff that uh, we, we might have missed, you might know what he's up to now. Maybe he's a government official working at DFAT. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, get in touch. Uh, and also get in touch, please. Lachlan Hancock, because your name has been thrown out next week in the random number generator to nominate next week's bloke. So Lachlan, if you're listening, I'll send you a message anyway, just in case you're not. But uh, yeah, and if you'd like to be in the running to nominate your own guy that we can talk about, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. Okay, let us move on to preview the rest of the round. Starting on the Gold Coast with the Titans hosting the Warriors. Now, Marty, the Titans are obviously a bizarre creature that you and I, and no man or woman, could hope to ever understand. <laughs> Having said that, I find them being $3.20 outsiders at home quite, quite interesting. Well, coming off, you'd have to say their best defensive performance yeah, right? of the season. I did not see that coming. Like, I know you and Campo talk a lot how just bonkers they are every week, but them defending stoutly on their own line is probably the craziest thing they've done. Yeah, and done then forcing repeat year. sets at the other yeah. end, like very professionally. Yeah. None of it made yeah. sense. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah, mate, they're at home. Um, already starting to get a bit warm. So who knows how the Warriors are going to appreciate that. And they've actually won three in a row against the Warriors, which sounds weird because the Titans have a sorry, the Warriors have a terrific record over the Titans. They've traditionally been their bunnies, but I mean, if you can get a read on this game, you're doing a lot better than me. Um, I'm with you. Like the the Titans aren't going to be afraid to move the ball, and mm. <clears throat> while the Warriors' right edge has been terrific in attack this year with SJ and and Dallin. I do feel like it's a side that obviously the Titans are going to go after when you've got Fafida and you've got Brian Kelly and you've got four and just feeding Alofiana Khan Pereira who needs three millimetres of room to run the length of the field mm. and then decide to chip over the top of a fullback instead of just passing inside, which he seems to do all the time. I'm I'm really high on this game. I, I mean, obviously the second game's the, the big one, but this should be really, really fun. And there are some bananas, banana peel games for teams this week. This is a massive danger one for the Warriors. Yeah, so it's just looking at what the Warriors do well, which is take care of business with their sort of world-class forward pack and then, you know, rely on Sean Johnson uh, to, to feed that back line. I think well, defensively, the Titans' back line have their issues. But in terms of attack, I think they can definitely match it punch for punch with the Warriors, if not, if not even have an advantage in that regard. And I think that... You know, the Titans have their issues in the in the forward pack as well, but they're, they're solid enough and they've got a couple of superstars in Dave Fafita and Mofo. And if if Hino was playing, I think I'd I'd almost expect them to be, you know, close to favourites in this one. But as it is, he's not. And that does give the Warriors a slight edge. I just can't believe that the edge is, is, is so stark. Maybe people missed what the Titans did last week, but I feel like if they can keep this game relatively close in the opening throws and then bring on Jaden Campbell for the last 50 minutes or whatever, like they've done to great effect in the last few weeks. There's no reason at all why they can't win this game. 
bring him on with 79 minutes to go. Their <laughs> record with him on the paddock in the past couple of weeks, like they haven't been conceding and their attack just looks a lot different. I don't know what the future looks like. I don't know if Brimson in the centres is exactly what I want to see from them next year, but I do think they have to have the two of them on the field at the same time. I'll leave that up to Des what he wants to do there, but but Jaden Campbell just seems to make things happen, and he's not the defensive liability that you'd think a seventy-four kilo kid would be. Um, yeah, that's so. I don't know. I don't know what they do um, against the Warriors with that, but yeah, I think that's uh, that's a big watch, and I'd like to see something a bit more concrete with the final five weeks of this season, just to know exactly what their plans are going forward. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah, like the Warriors are an interesting one because they their draw. We touched on this last week. But their draw home is just so soft that like they're going to be favourites for each game for the rest of the season until the finals. I think that's fair to say. And so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that tag. Given that for the majority of this season, people have still kind of been like, "Oh, the upstart Warriors," not really realizing that they've now been quietly one of the best teams in the competition uh, for most of the season. And if you take out that South game a few weeks ago they've just been dominant really since since june so their results since june 22 point win 22 point win 30 point win uh the loss to south 36 point win 32 point win that one point win over the raiders so and then a bye so you know been red hot red red hot um and maybe that's why they are deserved favorites and maybe that's why here's taylor rolling the ball in on him he's after it he might have got it Train Cup. I'm cold training them. I think they can handle that favorite favorites tag. Um, reckon they're going to come to to Queensland and just keep trucking on. They mm. know what's in front of them, like a top four finish, and let's not write off a top two finish either. Packed yeah, out. You can't. A, what is it? Go Media Stadium. Um, finally, someone supporting us. Um, may even have to move it to Eden Park. I mean, that's a question I'll probably have to start asking the NRL soon. Well, yeah, because... they, if they they've got two more games at Go Media Stadium <laughs> against the against the Seagulls and the Dragons, and they they'll sell both of those out, and then yeah, yeah, God, who knows? I guess the flip side of the argument of that is like, it, do you want to forfeit an advantage that having a small home ground that's full gives you? I don't think you do, but hey, I'm not I'm not a decision maker for the Warriors, thankfully. But yeah, I, I'll, I'm with you. I'm with you. I like the tip. If Tino was playing, I, I might zag and go the Titans, but I think that's just such a big out, and I'll pick the Warriors also. Okay. Now, tonight, 8 p.m., the big one. Penrith hosting Melbourne at Penrith Stadium. I don't think in all my years on this earth, Martin, I have seen the Melbourne Storm paying $4.45 <laughs> in a game in the National Rugby League. Ball it off. Just don't, don't even bother showing up. The bookies are against them. The fans are against them. The NRL are against well, the Storm. Just, just don't bother going. Don't it's bother it's going. unfortunate. It's unfortunate for them that I think that was Jerome Hughes' best game of the season last yeah. week, and he's been a laid out. Xavier Coates has been better recently, I I think, and he he's also a laid out. So they get they get uh, George Jennings in on the wing, and I think Jonah Pezzett has been a fine deputy for chunks of the season when he's had to be so not the end of the world there and then of course they do get Nas back which is massive for their forward pack I think that if their forwards don't have any chance at all of going with Penrith he has to be a player still named on the edge which I still really don't like but maybe we see maybe this is the game where they they make the switch because maybe Bellamy will identify just how 
how important Penrith's middle is to everything else that they do and that if they are going to have a chance of stopping that go forward, Nas has to be there on the front lines. Well, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because this was proven most clearly when they last played Penrith. So he starts on the edge, scores a very dubious try, does what he does, <laughs> run over the halves, but then Penrith just target him. Like they kept turning players under. Isaac Tungo is just getting on his outside, stepping past him. He's just not mobile enough to play on an edge. Eli Katoa I thought was really solid uh, in his first game back last week. Really, really made a difference for Jerome Hughes. That's probably why he played his best game of the year. He's named on the bench. I'd start him. He's an 80-minute player. I'd get him in there on the right edge. Uh, I don't care if you want to start Nas in the middle or bring him off, off the bench, which I'd probably prefer. I think Welch and uh, Kamikamitha can blunt Penrith for the start and then you bring bring Nelson on. But yeah, I'm just not a fan of him on the edge whatsoever. And I hope Craig Bellamy does make that switch an hour before kickoff. Yeah, I, I really do think they might. Um and I and I hope I hope so. Like, yeah, as you said, like there's the way this team is composed, like they've got Eli Katoa there. So like who was their best edge for for most of the season before he was out of the team for a little while. So yeah, that to me seems like a no-brainer, but we'll see what they do. Um, they're going to need to be at their best to win this one, to, even if they, to, to even keep it close. I think, like if you go back to that that first game between these two teams was only what was it four weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, four or it five. Was, I think it wasn't. Well, uh, excuse me. I think you find it's called the Telstra Dome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that long ago, and it was a weird game because you know Penrith started slowly and you know that that Nas try was a bit dubious the Harry Grant try was I mean a good bit of skill by him but again not really a sustainable way to score points so they were in that they were in that 12 nil hole but then basically on the half hour mark a switch flicked and Penrith were rampant in this in then that one and it's difficult especially at home especially without Joan Hughes who was so damn good last week and and especially with just the way their four pack is composed it's tough to imagine Melbourne being able to to go with them to any to any great extent for more than 20 to 30 minutes again. Yeah, I guess the one thing they can sort of rely on or hope for, 12 months ago, they go to Penrith. I think Jerome Hughes was out. Cooper Johns comes in. And the Storm in 16-0 in one of the – they were outstanding that night. I know Nathan Cleary didn't play, um, but it's still a very good Penrith team, and they handle their business really well. Unfortunately, Nathan Cleary is playing this mm. time and his kicking game last week against Cronulla was simply superb. And I think he's going to do the exact same. Watch them again as they did last week. They're just going to keep coming back through the middle, through the middle, through the middle. Thought Edwards was a little bit quiet last week. I think he's going to have a big game. He generally does have big games against Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'd love Melbourne to win. Best thing for Melbourne is even if they lose, they'll probably still be in the top four because I thought all the results went their way last week. You sure about that? I think. The grand old club, mate. I mean, you're saying all the results went their way. South yeah. won, and they're now one win behind the storm. So unless you think the Warriors, and the, the, again, South don't play really any strong. South finished the year with Cronulla, Dragons, Knights, Roosters. So No, no I mean for this week. Oh right, just sorry, for this week. Yeah, yes. sorry. See, so, yeah, with with Canberra losing. The oh well, yeah, they can't. Losing. They can't. They can't drop yes, out this week. So, no, unless sorry, the, yeah. Well, unless they lose and the Raiders win by hundred and fifty points, which but, I mean, they're playing the Tigers. It is possible, uh, but no, no. It, I thought yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I thought you meant like, you know, in general that they oh, were still no, going to. Because like I am kind of worried about them in that regard. Like just 
whether they are going to finish in the top four. But as you said, I think that like, bar that South game, every result was good for them last week. And so now they kind of like, I feel like even if things really go off the rails in the last few weeks, as long as they win that Raiders game, they'll be at worst fifth or sixth. Exactly. That's it. Now, as I said, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm tipping Penrith in this one, but I'm hoping to see one thing. Mm. After everyone got so upset about the 07 and 09 replica trophies last week, I'm hoping... I'm hoping Cameron Smith is covering this game for nine, and I hope he brings the real 2020 Grand Final trophy to Penrith. That's Park, fine. They won that in. one. They won yeah, that one. I Again, well. I I don't want I don't want my opinions from last week to be misconstrued. I'm very pro shithousery usually. <laughs> I just don't think flaunting actual cheating that was and, and prizes that were literally taken away from you falls under shithousery as much as it falls <laughs> under delusionment. But which is a word I just made delusionment. Did I make that up? I don't know. You knew what it meant. Yeah. So I think I feel like if you make up a word and people know what it means, it's fine. I think if you just put a dash, it just everyone accepts it. They just cop it. So yeah. you're good there. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna tip Penrith. Let's move on to the game of the round at 3 p.m. The Cowboys hosting the Broncos. <laughs> if you are a patron, uh, I'm sure you saw the podcast drop into your feeds yesterday, the greatest games, the 2016 finals game between these two teams. If you're not a patron, it's one of the best podcasts we've done this year. Support us, patreon.com forward slash honorable rookies. You get access to that. The other greatest games and all the all the questions as well. But yeah, really pleased with how that turned out and dropped it just in time for this one with the Cowboys. Quite warm outsiders at home, Mutt. Quite warm and it will be quite warm. I'm not sure how this game has landed on a Saturday three o'clock, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were the hottest team basically in the NRL. What, six wins in a row and... That loss last week, A, came out of nowhere, and B, it's actually could prove telling for North Queensland because, mm. I mean, they're only just inside the top eight. They don't have the easiest run home, and they're without Valentine Holmes. They're without the injured Jeremiah Nene. I don't know. Well, I don't know if last week was a blip on the radar or a sign of things to come. Like, look at the team. Semi Valame goes to centre now. Kyle mm. Felt back on the wing. Kyle Felt's been a club stalwart. Bronco Bronson. killer, though. Bronco killer. And he's their kryptonite. But I'm worried about him defensively. Like, he has been oh, well, yes. a lot this season. And that's why, obviously, he hasn't played a lot of first grade lately. And you know where Brisbane attack really well? Where? Tell me. <laughs> uh, well, everywhere, but mainly on the edges. And yep. I think Reese Walsh is licking his lips, apply some chapstick, my young friend, and go out there because it's going to be humid. And, yeah, I think he's going to feast on their flesh on that edge. Well, um, one one interesting thing, and you might know why, so they've been doing the Tamalolo off the bench thing for a little while now, back in the starting team this week. I mean, what's the what's the reason for that? Yeah, well, I mean, and they've changed it Is it that they lost? It <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think it's because uh, Finifuiaki's out. So yeah. Cohen Hess has gone has gone to an edge. Um, I know Heal and Lukey's uh, name, but I pray best to have him come off, off the bench. Uh, look, they could have put Griffin Neiman. They might still put Griffin Neiman um, to start in the middle or or even shift Ruben Cotter to the middle and have Jake Granville on at lock. But I don't know. I think... Cowboys fans probably want to see more of Jason Tamalolo, don't you? Like, yes, just getting what 35, maybe 40 minutes in the middle stage of the game is good, but go back to the method that's worked for so long. Have him punch out 25 big minutes and then go wild for the final 30. Um, is this this sounds dumb, but like, these games just don't feel as big when the sun's out. 
<laughs> I'm serious. Suns out, guns away. Yeah, legitimately. Like it just doesn't have. If this was an 8 p.m. Friday game, you'd be, we'd be getting ant for it. They'd be getting they'd get be getting on the field, and we'd be like, "Fucking yeah, let's let's have one of those. Let's let's run the clock back five years and have one of these classic Cowboys Broncos games." Instead, it's, it's it's the sun's going to be out, Martin. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be like, "Oh, all right." Well, the most confusing thing about that. So this is the first week. So in the final five weeks of a season, Channel Nine also show the Saturday 7:30 game. Yeah, so this is the first week that ha- it's happening this year. Well, they just get bad luck because of the Perth stuff. But... Well, that's what's cost them because this would have been a perfect Saturday seven thirty game in Townsville, which you Wouldn't know just... almost every game is Saturday seven thirty in Townsville. But uh, no, I'm with you. This is weird. It's a bit different. Cracking open a four X at a yeah. sunny Saturday three p.m. Um, I think those outs are going to be a lot to overcome for the Cowboys, especially Val. Like, they're already, I think, going to be in a shootout. It's going to be really difficult for them to go with them. Um, Val and May in the centres and Kyle felt back on that wing. I think you're right. That's an area Brisbane will exploit. I think Brisbane will win this one by about 10, I reckon. But, yeah. Yeah, already beaten them once this year. I think I'll do it again. Okay. And now let us move on to Perth with the Dolphins hosting the Newcastle Knights. Now, the Dolphins have not travelled well outside of Queensland this year. They just got the one win at Brook uh, at Brookvale Oval. Is that? Oh no, in Newcastle. Sorry, at, yeah. at, at Newcastle. We did this last week, Matt. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, but that was a different Knights team to the one that's in front of them in this one. And yeah, I I, I like the Knights to take care of business here. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'll just get on the Dolphins quickly. It's probably the best 17 they've been able to name for quite some time. Um, I like Hamaso back at fullback. Uh, Milford starts and say what you will. He's actually been pretty damn solid the, uh, for the Dolphins this season. Jerry Marshall King didn't seem to be bothered by that shoulder injury last week. Connolly Lemuel, who's got to probably pass um, one more test, I think, after coming off. Uh, with a head knock last week. And then, yeah, Jared Walsh has been doing his thing with second-phase footy off the bench. I'm a bit worried about Cody Nicarima and Valence Tafari well, defensively. That was, that's immediately where my eyes yeah. were drawn to on this team list. It reminds me of, um, you know, that uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito movie, Twins? Uh, yes, that- I've often been referred to as one of those characters, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you do look a bit like Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> I agree. But like th- th- that reminds you of this with probably the world's biggest centre and the world's smallest centre <laughs> combining in this one um, yeah. to form two competent centres, perhaps. <laughs> Who knows? Probably not. Yeah, that, I think, is a massive gamble, mate. Like uh, the, We've talked at length about the Knights 2 through 5 this year and how damaging and how effective they can be. I don't see a lot defensively in that Dolphins backline to make me think that they're going to be able to handle this this storm in any way, shape or form. No, and geez, they have become a really, really not even fun team to watch. It's an enjoyable really team to watch. Newcastle, they're, just, they're not afraid to move the ball, and but but not recklessly. Like they do pick their moments, and it, all the credit has to go obviously to Kalen Ponga just popping up. He reads short sides really, really well. Not just on that left edge where he's obviously dominated for so long, but he's popping up on the right yeah. and and look obviously. Dane Gagai was a meme for so long about origin form and what have you, but I think he's been a lot more consistent this year. It's obviously led into plenty of tries for Dom Young, who, geez, Knights fans must be so pissed off that he's going to It sucks. It really does suck, doesn't it? It really does. And look, if you told me that this spine of Ponga, Gamble, Hastings and Crossland 
was leading one of the best attacks in the league. I'd have you checked out, but they are. Mate, they're yeah. all just doing their job, and 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 Frizzell's playing. If it's not career best form, it is. We're going back five, six years. He is just a beast on that right edge, and they don't have too many weaknesses. No, uh, look, that's the thing. Right? I, I don't think you can win a comp with their halves and their hooker, right? But you can make the finals if everybody else on the team yeah. is really bloody good. And at the moment, everybody else on that team is really bloody good. And if they win this game, they will finish the weekend inside the top eight because wow. uh, sixth and seventh play each other, and they'll leapfrog both of them before they play. So I guess unless South and Cronulla have a draw. <laughs> they'll actually know well they've got a better foreign against the Cronulla anyway so cop that um so yeah a, a win here and they, they finish the weekend inside the top eight regardless of what happens in the other games which where they given where they were a few weeks ago is remarkable yeah and I think surely if they win this one the discord around Adam O'Brien has to go away for the rest of the season you like, would think so I do find it puzzling that Me too. The, when they're playing honestly their best footy under him on this winning streak that it's actually gotten louder which is, A, it's unfair on him, and it just doesn't make much sense. Like, I get the theory, well, do you think you're going to win a comp under Adam O'Brien? That's obviously up for debate. He's been there for a few years now, and they haven't. I don't think they've won a finals game yet. No, they definitely haven't. Um, but, yeah, geez, hard to hard to come up with that line of argument when he's got them playing like this. Yeah, I, I, I think the Dolphins team does look a little bit better. I still worry about their back line, especially yeah. defensively. No Unaken is massive in that regard. Obviously, a little bit better. Would, have, would fare a little bit better against those fearsome outside backs than I think Val and, and Cody will. So I'm going to take the Knights with some confidence. But hey, who knows? They did already lose the Dolphins this year. But hey, that was that was, that was was the Ponga at 5-8 era, which again, <laughs> mate, doesn't that now... I know we harp on about it, but fuck me. That, if they just started with him at fullback from the start of the season, they'd probably have one or two more wins right now. And they'd be sitting here with a... They'd be sitting here probably with us saying if they win this and the Storm lose, they're in the top four. Like, Jesus. So, yeah. crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, give me the give me the Knights. I think it'll be points galore. All right, and the second leg of that Perth doubleheader features South Sydney hosting Cronulla. Um, the loser has to stay in Perth, I believe, Mum. <laughs> uh, the Perth Sharks memes are back. Well, yeah, as you said, they lose this. They're out of the eight, right? So. Yeah. Big, big trouble. And I think that no Will the King Kennedy is is massive. Um I, I don't know if Ronaldo Militalo's gonna play. Maybe you do. Like I've heard some heard some whispers that he might be out as well. And if he's out, Mawene Harati comes in on that wing. Um again, not really what you want against a team so potent in attack as Souths are. Um you, like Wade Graham back in on an edge, and not just an edge, the edge defending against Keon Colomatungi and Campbell Graham. Like it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a recipe for success for Cronulla this week. No, and if you just go back to round one, that's when that South Sydney right edge probably had its best mm. game of the when, year just when, about. When Cam Murray threw Lachlan Ilias <laughs> over the trial and like he was a drunk getting thrown out of a pub. Yes, so yeah, Lachlan Ilias was great that night. Cam Brain really was, was fantastic, I thought. And yeah, I mean, there's no secret where they're going to go. Um, they're just going to keep coming right. Um, although... You may know more. Tyron Munro, is is he in? I, um, I'm told he's playing. He's so, playing. So yeah. coming in for Tane Milne. And, and I, I like that because the kid's got something. Like, not only is he quick, um, but there was that game against the Bulldogs, which obviously South didn't win. But I thought he made some really mature decisions in that mm. game. Like, he was making breaks. And you, you see younger players often just kick and just hope. He took the tackle knowing that 
Canterbury's defensive line was completely yeah. shot. He, was, he, he took a couple of those Burton bombs very well as well, I thought. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see him back. Um, I think danger for Cronulla. Cody Walker doesn't have two bad games in a row. And not that he was bad last week, but I think he had three very early errors. Got yeah, it did pretty fumble frustrated. that grubber that gifted yeah. them a try. Yeah, got frustrated and just didn't – things just didn't click for him when they normally do. The bounce of the ball just didn't go his way, um, getting tripped up a metre from the line. I think he bounces back in a big way. He's shown a want to play on the right, and, yeah, I think he's going to go big. Here's Taylor rolling the ball in. on him. He's after it. He might have got it down. He thinks he did. Oh! Cold train cup. Me too, and I am using my third and final – tip of the Rabbitohs in the Coltrane Cup this year. I thought I'd already picked them three times, but according to the track, I've only picked them twice. Um, and yep, uh, don't think you will get a much better chance to pick them. It's unfortunate that it counts as a home tip on the road, but hey, it's on the road for Cronulla as well. They've traveled <laughs> just as far and just Souths have really had their number the last two times they played each other in that finals game last year and then in round one this year. I just think that like I mean, Toby Rudolph hasn't come back and played anywhere near as good as he as he played last year. I think, yeah, the Nico Hines stuff has been really unfortunate and unpleasant to to watch, like just with how his confidence has clearly been affected by by what happened in Origin Camp earlier this year. Braden Schindel hasn't pulled up any stumps since he came back into first grade as a fitness cloud under Ronaldo Molotalo. The, the forward pack, as it stands on paper, is not looking fantastic for this week. And I think South's are now kind of like they weren't great against the Tigers, but they still won by 20 or whatever it was in the end. And I think that's the Marco team that's sort of getting right again. And even then, I think the Tigers forward pack is probably better than Cronulla's at the moment, which is an insane thing to say, but I kind of think it's true. And yeah, I'm just not really sure how a team with this much firepower who still have a chip on their shoulder and are probably going to carry a chip in their shoulder at least for the rest of the regular season after thinking back to all the all the games that got away from them during this origin period, they're finally back to relatively full fitness. No Jaime Sele, no Junior Totola. But, I mean, when you've got prop depth that Sears have, you can cover for those guys. And cover for them, they will, with a bench that has Navy Moale, Saliva Havili, and Talis Duncan on it. Three very good middles in their own right. So, yeah, for me, easy, easy South win. Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm a bit worried about Cronulla. I think... Penrith kind of toyed with them last week. Like that could have been anything. And if it's not for Cam McInnes just tackling everything, including if if a streaker came on, he was definitely tackling the mm. streaker. Um, he he kind of saved them. I think when it does unravel, it's going to really come apart. But he's going to get ugly for Cronulla. And I just fear if they get on a roll early, South Sydney and Latrell can get his passing game going early. This could be one of those nights. I do think there's a world where the, the Sharks can turn it around after this one and, and sort of maybe go on a little run to save their season. And they're going to have it in their own hands with Titans and then the eighth-place Cowboys, the ninth-place Knights, and the fifth-place Raiders in there to finish up the season. So it is going to be in their own hands going forward. But I think this one, with the guys they have out, it's just going to be a bit too hard for them. So, yeah. Uh, the Parramatta Eels, I get that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sort of big favourites, big, big, handsome favourites this week. And Parramatta are another one hosting the Dragons at uh, Parramatta Stadium. Um, and, yeah, what, what, what do you want here? What do you want? There's uh, So the team list still has Jack DeBellin on it for the Dragons. He'll obviously be out. Um, their forward pack's already not looking great. Um, and Parramatta getting a little bit healthier. They, they, Rear McGrigg is going to play this week. He's been named on the bench, so they're just 
a Regan Campbell-Gillard away from having that full-strength middle rotation, again, which I think is so important to their to the way that they play. Um, Ryan Madison back starting again, which I love. I really don't like him off the bench all that much. And you just got to think that it, if they're going to do anything this season, it has to start right now. Yeah, and you, you don't see teams make big calls on their spine this late in the season, but Joey Lussick is two weeks back, and he's been named to start here, and there's every chance he plays 80. Like, unless Jermaine Hopgood maybe shifts there and gives him a five-minute breather in the second half, there's a world in which he plays 80 minutes, which, like, Brendan Hans is out of the 17 now. So it's a big call by Brad, and obviously the big one, Dylan Brown, is is back after the seven-week suspension. I'm not expecting any rust here. I think him and Mitch Moses kind of slot back like nothing happened. And yeah, this this is a game for Parramatta. Look, is it a get right game? Yes, I think it has to be. Too it, many, it, yeah. it has to be. Yeah, they, they won't have. I can't. I don't see any world in which where the Dragons can can beat up unless Zach Lomax and Ravalawa just get good ball against that questionable left edge of, of Parramatta, which has leaked points. There's four, this there's four games left for them because they've got a buy in the last round. There's, they, yeah. there's four games left. They have to win three of them. They travel to Brisbane. They travel to Penrith in two of those games. They have to win this game. If they lose this game, I'm putting a line through them. And, and the, not just win. I think this is one they actually have to go on with it because yeah, that against buy, could matter. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And the buy is a good thing. Two guaranteed points in round 27, but then you lose all control of four and against. So yeah. there's a world in which they could be in eight spot uh, but let's say, I don't know, the Sharks or someone have a four and against three points worse yep. and all they have to do is score a try and they're in. Yeah, which, you know, is, is honestly looking at it right now, the Sharks have a better four and against the Parramatta. The Cowboys is 10 points worse. Uh, Souths is 40 points better or 30 points better. So, yeah, so there's a few teams around them that, and obviously the Knights and Manly ones don't matter, but um, there's a few teams around them that are all pretty close four and against wise. So it could matter. And you, you, you think that, with them only being at plus fifty nine right now, this is a game when you expect like they're not the Roosters aren't good this year, but they're not going to put a score on the Roosters. No, and they're not they're not going to beat them by thirty, and they're this and they're they're going to be struggling to beat Penrith and the Broncos, much less rack up big scores against them. So this is, I think you're right. This is a game where they have to win well, not just win. They got to go on with it. I think they do win this one comfortably though. Yeah, and uh, look, I thought the Dragons were solid against Manly for one of a bit of word last week, but this is, this is different gravy. Um, yeah. I don't see how they get close Parramatta for me. Yep. Okay. And finishing off the rounds, uh, a trap game for the Canberra Raiders <laughs> as they welcome the West. Well, when you win by one every week, every game's a trap game, but Canberra hosting the Tigers again, this is a, another team similar to Parramatta, although therefore against is so bad that like, I don't think they can sort it out. This is another team similar to Parramatta where they've got some tricky games coming up. And they really, really need this one. And they should get it, right? An absolute banker at home against the team in last. But having said that, I thought the Tigers were decent last week. Well, you talk about those one-point games. Well, they only beat the Tigers by right. one point. I was and there. Took, Crazy and it game. took that, that penalty. Like, mm. Remember the Tigers scored, what was yeah. it, 643 points? They scored, they scored 18 minutes. points without the Raiders touching the ball in the last yeah. five minutes. So, yeah. yeah. Crazy game. But you're right. No, there, there's a world in which the Tigers win last week like they were coming to get him and if it's not for Latrell there was that three on one when Junior Tupo goes through and Latrell just shuts it down and bundles him into touch yeah um, th- there's a world where South are trailing with about 20 minutes to go and, and who knows what happens uh but Canberra look 
They've got a terrific record against the West Tigers. Like it is, it is the stuff of legend. They've racked up some very big scores, often at Leichhardt Oval. So they do lose. Oh, their... yeah, I, was there, I, was, I was there last year when they were beating the clock <laughs> oh, for quite a while in that first half. But well, they've they've got several home grounds: Leichhardt Oval, um, Amy, Amy Park, Park yeah. Amy Park. So this is almost a, an away game for them, mm. and they they have made some big changes, like Jordan Rapiner. Uh, he's gone back to fullback here, and, and Seb Chris goes to centre now. Seb Chris was doing; he did a good job at fullback, like he was pretty safe in some regards. But he was offering nothing, nothing in attack. And mm. I think when you don't have the most creative spine as it is, um, it's probably better to put someone like Rapana, who I don't know if he knows what's going on sometimes, but at least he makes shit happen. And yep. and I, I like I like him going back there. Nick Kotrick on a wing. Haven't seen much of him, um, but yeah, it's it's you're right. This is a game they just have to win, and I think they will win. Like mm. the Tigers, I mean, the Tigers back- need to win all of their remaining games to avoid the wooden spoon. Basically, so it's not going to happen. There's very little on the line for them. I think Canberra come in and take care of business. Yeah, yeah. They're I will confidently say this will be their biggest win of the season. I mean, they have to win by eleven for that to be the case, but <laughs> I think that they will do that. All right, so. NRLW, the Cowboys and the Broncos. This is the first game uh, up in Townsville. So they're playing before the men's game, 12.50. That's going to be hot. <laughs> it's going to be stinking hot. And No, thank you. And the heat will be on Brisbane if they don't win this. I was going to say, yeah, they're quietly. I mean, it is a, te- it is a, what, a nine-week comp now, so you've got a little bit more time to sort of arrest a slow start. But if they lose this one and they're 0-3, that's, that's, a, that's a tough hole to get out of. Massively, and I mean, they're without their two first choice wingers in in Julia Robinson and, and Ash Verner. This is the second of uh, the games she's going to miss. And mm. look, I love Melihufunga. Still hasn't gotten any great early ball because Gail Broughton, who plays five eight, is more of a runner, not yeah. a passer. So haven't really seen what we want from her. I mean, Ali Brigginshaw's been outstanding, but geez, Kira Dib last week, she was sensational. She was just outstanding. Like she goes up against Jesse Southall, um, her half's partner from that grand final, and and just took it a task. I thought she was that, that was an her second half was as good as it gets uh, in the NRLW. She was yeah brilliant, and I I can see them winning this. Yeah, me too. I'm going to tip them. Yep. What do you think about that? Take that, Broncos fans. Uh. Oh, I don't want to antagonize them. They're, they're, they're our largest listener base by a mile. Uh, disavow, disavow. Um, no, I will, I will take the Cowboys in a close one, though, I think. Yeah, they were they were just really good last week. I liked what I saw. Um, the Cronulla Sharks didn't like what I saw from them last week. A, a very flat follow-up to their great first-up win uh, against the Raiders in the in the opening round. But um, they're hosting the Titans at Shark Park. This is good This is good timing. If you're a Sharks fan, you can go to this game, then go to the club and watch the doubleheader over in Perth, including your men's team. But yeah, uh, this will be a dual screen job for us, mate, because there'll be a men's game on at the same time. Still getting a, still getting used to that, but uh, yeah, uh, Titans. What do you reckon? Yeah. Oh, I mean, Lauren Brown, the field goal last week, and I remember speaking to her. I think about this last year, like her kicking game, and she sees it like this is a massive point of difference. Like she's got a background in in sevens where you had to do drop goal conversions and stuff like that, and yeah, that. There was a clutch finish from her from that game. I've been impressed. I think their forward pack is they're good, man. I, like I don't know it. if it's underrated, but it's 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 terrific. Like Shannon Marto up front, she's she just does not stop. And speaking of not stopping, Steph Hancock, she I don't think she will ever stop. 
Never. She's just going to keep playing. She's going to outlive uh, us all. Yep. It's, I don't think there's any doubt there. Good in for Cronulla. Emma Tonegato, she did come off with that calf last week, but she's she's still being named. Still no Jada Taylor. I thought they yeah, really what's doing there? Her. She's in the extended bench here. So Yeah, I I don't know if she'll play like it was what an, an I think she rolled her ankle a couple of days out from that game last week. I'd be surprised if she plays, but they really did miss her speed through the middle. So if they can get her in, I think that, that changes things significantly. I agree with that. But uh, as it is, uh, assuming she is not playing, I'm going to tip the Titans here. I'm with you. All right. Uh, the the bottom of the table Eels against the Knights team that uh, will be coming out there looking for some revenge, I think, after what happened last week. So this one seems like the most clear cut of all of them. Although, I will one quick question. Why is the kickoff at 12.03 p.m.? 1203. Uh well, maybe this is it. Maybe the RLPA has this is their boycott. We're gonna bring forward kickoff time by two minutes. Or maybe it was delayed by three minutes. I don't know what the original kickoff time was. 1203 is bizarre. Um, I don't have a reason for you, but I'm here for it. Yep, I'm totally fine with it. Uh yeah, I, I like the Knights to win this one. I just it's just a shame what happened to Parramatta over the offseason, losing so many players and don't really know. I mean, it's not their fault that they've not been able to replace them to any to any great effect. But yeah, I, I think Newcastle win this one pretty comfortably. Yeah, Elsie Albert back on an extended bench. They've really missed her up front for Para. So hopefully she can play. But even if she does, too many points in this night's team. Um, yeah, absolutely. And finishing up, we've got uh, the Raiders hosting the Tigers that will be before the men's game on Sunday. The top of the table, West Tigers. I've been riding with them since day one. I will not <laughs> stop riding with them here. I'm going to be tipping them once again. Although the Raiders, a fantastic win last week against the Roosters. How good was that? Yeah, and, and it was their big guns who really stood tall. I thought uh, Zahara Tamara was brilliant. And Samima Taufa, talk about people not stopping. She is just a workhorse. And I love when she gets I think she loves tries. Like she she always puts herself, she knows two meters out, three meters out. She knows where to be. But this might be a different, this, I know you, I think you declared them the team of the pod last yeah. week, the West Tigers. What do you make of Shakaya Whitfeld? She is, Shakaya Whitfeld, I, I, I don't know where she's come from, but I mean, she's a star. She she really is a star. She's quick. She's strong. I think she had seventeen tackle busts or something close to three hundred meters last week. She, yeah, she's absolute beast. Yeah, it's, a... it's it's insane, right? Yeah, she got twenty two tackle breaks for the year <laughs> already. Like, <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. That's two games. And how many? I don't, how many did she get in the first one? Uh, six. Yeah, it is exactly six. You've nailed yeah. it. So sixteen last week. Absolutely ridiculous, and you know what, mate? That's the thing, right? With the with the Tigers, is we we've looked at their team on paper when when they were going into this, and it's like, well, yeah, they've got they've got a couple of really really important forwards there, with with yep. with, with um with Kezi Apps and with Sarah Togatuki especially, and then they've got Bo at fullback, who in my opinion is still, I mean, still working her way back from injury, but when she's fit, is in my opinion right up there with the best playmakers in the competition and then they've got a couple of nice pieces elsewhere but it was sort of like where are the points going to come from when they get the ball out wide and yeah Jakai Whitfield and I think Leanne Tafuga has been great as well and Mm -hmm. like they've just been killing teams and I would like it to keep happening because Tigers fans (laughs) deserve to have something nice in their lives and uh, they're not getting that from their men's team but if their women win this game they will have as many wins as their men's team 
do this season, which is yeah. Jesus Christ. But yeah, are, I, think they, the, I think they're going to win. There are wacky stats, and that one's in the top top four. Well, of I wacky want them stats. to. I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but I want them to win like seven women's games this year out of nine, so I can say that they've won more games in the women's this year than their men's team has combined in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tip the Tigers in this one. Yeah, I think this will be a, this will be a really, really maybe just a, almost a match of the round. But I'm with you. I think in the battle of the new teams, the Tigers get the chocolates. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh yes, it will. Yes, Simi Redradra. And you did hint earlier that you are now Martin Judiciary Gabor. <laughs> um, I got a good laugh reading the transcripts from the Val Holmes hearing during the week. Uh, people missed this. Why don't you take us through his defence, Martin? Well, I'd like to do it, but there really wasn't much of a defence. So basically the argument was that Jaden Campbell didn't come off for an HIA, wasn't injured and was able to keep playing. And that was about it, to which the NRL uh, council said, yeah, I, I, I get that, but there was a risk of injury, you know, and he kind of did the exact same thing last week. So, um, yeah, it's not really going to cut it. it. Some of the arguments were just... Well, the Mike Acevo argument to me was incredible. So you're allowed to bring up comparable um, tackles, which is fine, but you generally will bring up a lower grade tackle. Or one that was and, found not guilty. Or one that was found not guilty. Instead, he picked one from, you know, a week earlier that was a grade two that resulted in a four-week ban of Sebo being found guilty. And uh, honestly, I think the people in the room were stunned when some of these What is the logic behind this? It's like, yeah, here's this tackle that got a guy banned for a month. Compare mine to that. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, sweet. Let, let's do And that's why the deliberation was all of, what, five minutes? And they found him guilty. And, yeah, it was just weird. Like, the, the lawyer was trying to have things, like certain bits of evidence taken away, was challenging points that have been written in the judiciary code for 10 years, and they just weren't having it. And, yeah, it was just very, very, very weird. I, I mean, I loved it, but I don't know what was going on. There was no, no chance. Yeah, very funny. So, so they'll be without him for a couple of weeks, which this time of year and with the precarious position, not great. Uh, some other news, the Rugby League World Cup has been postponed for 12 months and Kangaroo Tours will return as part of a huge shakeup of the international calendar. I believe we're also getting a standalone Women's World Cup, Marty. What does this mean for everything? Yep. So some of the key points, Let's if we're going to break it down. So there will be a World Cup in 2026 and... They say it's in the Southern Hemisphere. I imagine Australia is probably going to be the favourites to host. I think we had it in, what, 2017? Yeah. Um, now, I really like this. So we're going to have men's and women's in 2026, and then there'll be a women's one in 2028. So essentially we're going to have a World Cup men's, women's every two years. Um, so, look, it will go up against some big events like the Olympics, like the FIFA World Cup, but so be it. Just put a different time in the year. It's fine. So it means you do have a a strong international presence um, for 10 years, uh, sorry, every two years. One thing, I don't know, and I don't know where you stand on this. So the Men's World Cup in 2026, there'll be 10 men's teams, eight women's teams. I don't like that. That makes me sad. Yeah. So it means we we lose out on, on the Jamaicas and Greece and 
some of the cool stories that you would have had. Um, I they've come up with the argument that it's meant to be the best of the best, and but hey, isn't the World Cup for soccer expanding to to forty eight? Forty eight. So, yep, that's correct. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a damn shame. I, that that it, it really is because I thought that was one of the the romantic things of of the World Cup. Yeah, sure, there were blowouts. They're always going to be. Yeah, but what about Greece so. scoring that try? It was sick. Yeah, I, I, people are still talking about it in the streets of of uh, Athens. It's That's one of right. the one of the one of the great moments. So yeah, look, um, yeah, you, I think you touched on as well the the Ashes. Now, haven't seen an Ashes since I think it's twenty years. I hmm. think it's twenty years last time we saw the Ashes. Um, wow. No moral victories for uh, Great Britain has been pretty dominant for uh, Australia over that. And geez, pre bit before our time, but gee, some of the memories that like still get replayed, like Ricky Stewart going down the right and setting up uh, Mal Meninga for that try. Like there are some epic moments in this. And I think it is, a, it is time that like, obviously the Australian New Zealand rivalry has been built up for so long, but to get that Northern hemisphere, Southern hemisphere. And the, going. the last Ashes tour was of course, Adrian Morley being sent off. After five oh. seconds. Oh. Yes. Oh. Was it Robbie Kearns? Yep. Uh, yeah. That's a bad yeah. one, Adrian. That's a bad one. You're <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. Like, I remember that clear as day. That's 20 years ago. Jesus Christ. We're old, Marty. We're old. <laughs> I've been old for a while, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I love that. Love tours. Love, love, just more international rugby league at the end of the year is great, I think. Um, shame having fewer teams in the World Cup. I do prefer having standalone tournaments, though. As you said, you get... I'd rather walk up every two years with the men's and the women's than every four years. I think it would be a missed opportunity to do otherwise. I think particularly now with, I mean, if it's going to be in Australia, people have shown a willingness to get around NRLW. And especially right now, I know it's not the exact same thing, but people are absolutely 1,000% getting around the Women's World Cup in the football. So if they can do that for football, they can do that for rugby league, hopefully. So we'll see how that goes. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to give a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon service. Go to patreon.com forward slash rookies. You get a third show every week. Uh, you get other bonus shows, including this week. We've got the Greatest Games podcast, uh, access to our Discord server, merch discounts, entry to next year's Coltrane Cup, and plenty more. So thank you to Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Wayno, Alex Sejikomi, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Call Me, King <laughs> of the Mountain, Chewbacca Snuffleupagus, Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Horsburgh Scores, but Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks House Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lockie Lewis and the News, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Smidmore, Maddie Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael, Gunter Glieben, Glaukchen Globen, Murray, <laughs> Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift, my ding ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Patrick Manis, Raymond the Jukebox, Stone Gossard, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, see you in Vegas, Shunter, tough night to take Yahoo to go and eat salmon, Ty, the black vegetable, the combat vehicle returns, the roosters clucked around and found out, Thor, Tom Hardy, was and Westlife's podcast. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Jeez, they get better. They, they're, they're <laughs> testing me every week. Shout out the fucking start of the Offspring song this week with that one there. Um, but yeah, Marty, where can people find your work? 
Look, I am also pretty fly for a white guy, and they can find my stuff. Basically, any uh, News Corp website will run my uh, alleged content, and there'll be a fair bit of it this week. So uh, enjoy it, including one that should be out by the time you listen to this, James Tedesco. So he's talking about Ryan Pappenhausen's return in Queensland Cup. Mm. Teddy did the exact same injury nine years ago, also against Canberra, Um, shattered his knee, um, took ages to come back. So, yeah, give that one a read. His career turned out all right. I think it's better. Yeah, not too bad. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Martin. I really appreciate it. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me.